0: Edition of Standard group on the podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick, and I cover the Washington Standards for the athletic. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope everyone had a great time doing whatever you did friends, family, barbecue, pool, all that good stuff. Uh, and of course, along the way, hopefully everybody had a chance to kind of reflect on what it is that we're actually doing here, why we get this day off, uh, remembering those who paid the ultimate price for this country. Uh, That's why we do Memorial Day. Um, Why we do this podcast is to talk about the Washington Commanders. And I've got two great guests today to help me do that. First off, my pal Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post returned to the podcast. We discussed a lot of the different Commanders topics. We did it in a little fun format because I saw Stranger Things I binge watched Stranger Things this weekend. Just came out, the new season came out, and saw the Top Gun Maverick movie. I had a bunch of questions in relation to those two types of things, sort of like what was stranger, what would be stranger, this or that with the Commanders, and use some of the, uh, inferences from Top Gun to get into the Commanders as well. So, of course, we talk about Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Jamin uh, Davis, a bunch of other people. The stadium stuff as well. Always a fun time talking to Nikki, who of course is on Twitter at Nikki Jabala J H A B V A L A on Twitter. Then we go hardcore with the stadium conversation with WUSA's Eric Flack, who has been all over the story for WUSA uh, for several weeks now. I believe he was the first one to show the uh, potential three stadium sites uh, several weeks ago, and now obviously. We've moved into the conversation. And this Wednesday, there will be a vote from the Virginia State Legislature about the stadium funding bill and how much they potentially will uh, help subsidize the commander's plans to build a stadium. That is assuming they even have a vote. Uh, Eric and I talked on a Friday. Today, today is Monday. I was on 106.7 The Fan. And I had on, as a guest, State Senator Jeremy McPike who earlier last week was one of three state senators to say that they were re- reversing their vote against this funding. He told me, he gave me an update about what he thinks is going to happen. Nikki and I get into that because uh, Nikki and I just talked a few minutes ago, whereas like Eric and I had talked on Friday. So it'll be a little bit of a slight change there from the conversation, but it won't really affect anything. So uh, it'll be a fun deep dive getting in with Eric as well, who is at Eric Flack TV on twitter so we'll get to all that here in a moment on the standard room only podcast which of course you can find on itunes spotify or anywhere you do your podcasting if you're an itunes person i always appreciate when you have a second to drop a rating and a review definitely helps the cause for sure um other than that you know just a reminder we're back out at otas on wednesday the team will be out there tuesday through thursday the media is out there on Wednesday, so we'll have a chance to see you know who's there. Uh, we'll have a chance to see Carson Wentz take uh, his next steps towards uh, mastering this offense. If that's a, if that's a possibility for any quarterback to master any offense, um, we'll, we'll, we'll 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 see that. Um, we'll, you know, we'll get a chance to see how the rookies are progressing after their first steps um, on an NFL field, and so on. So that will be, of course, interesting things to get to. I'll be writing about that on the Athletic, as well as updating the podcast this week for sure. Um, beyond that, you know, I think it was a relatively last couple, quiet last couple of days, as far as I can recall. Um, but Nikki and I get into a bunch of topics for sure. We really hit on most of the obvious topics around uh, for sure, but in, in, in a fun way is what I will say. Uh, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Nikki Javala from the Washington Post followed by stadium talk with Eric Flack from WUSA here on the standard Groom only podcast. All right. Joining the podcast as promised, she's our returning champion. She covers the Washington commanders for the Washington post. She is Nikki Javalla That's at Nikki Javala on Twitter. Nikki uh, made me listen to um, some old radio bits of hers when she was um, in denver I did not
1: make you listen yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> make found who knows whatever anyway i was listening in the 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 you're doing like you're doing with the co-host thing but the guy is saying he butches your name constantly and had to explain Always. that he finally figured out that how to pronounce it as job like j-o-b vala and you're like dude i told you this forever ago how do we not get this so i have been on top of this forever i'm not credit credit uh fixing anything i'm just pointing out others have had an issue i nailed it I
1: will give you that He still can. he still can't say my name right so kudos to you for getting that hard one right nailed sure. it
0: Nail, nailed it well look you know you you, you were my colleague once upon a, my, my co-worker once upon a time so you know I had to know these things yeah. uh, or I heard it said who knows uh <laughs> all right so first of all uh welcome back to 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 the glorious podcast how are you enjoying or how are you doing uh, in time as the, as there's constant commanders news in the air at all times. How are you always. dealing with the relentless, uh, deluge of commanders stuff?
1: It's constant, but I guess that's what we sign up for in becoming a beat writer for this team. As you know, it's always going to be constant. There's no, there's no off season on the commander's beat or probably any NFL beat, but especially not the commander's beat. Um, Luckily, I have a wonderful co-beat partner, so that helps. We have that luxury at the Washington Post. So, yeah, just trying to make it through the offseason. But you know, at least it's – the one thing I'll give this team is they always keep it interesting. There's, a, there's always news, but it's – you know, the news for this team is usually like a franchise-altering, you know, memorable, usually – Tragic day in history, and we're in, we're like, oh, that's that's just Thursday, you know. Oh, we have acquired a purchase to option or an option to purchase land, or oh, the trainers is being investigated by the DEA. Oh, the oversight committee is getting involved. Oh, wait, the FTC might get involved too. Just you know, daily things.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're talking right now on Monday. The team will be back. Uh, at otas tuesday through thursday and then a couple more set uh, then another three-day session after that then the two-day camp. and then we get like the six week or so break before training camp and last year like i was like okay i've got to get away clear my head all that stuff because at least you know based on the nfl schedule that's kind of it there won't be really anything else happening for the most part I, who knows what this situation like for example congress i don't know they're not living on the nfl schedule clock so who knows what's going to go on there and then even with this uh virginia legislator legislative stuff today i was on the radio and i had one of the state senators who said he was reversing his vote and he said that um he envisions this vote getting delayed until mid-june which is the last continue (laughs) all right so like I don't know when, like, you know, again, as I always have to preface, preface everything, I, I, it's fine. I'm, I'm not complaining about my job, per se. I'm just saying, like, this is this job, and, like, I I don't know when. You notice it,
1: this- like, the, the good teams, they, you don't hear about the Chiefs these days. You don't hear about the Bills, except when they make a, you know, major signing. There's not, there is, like, some semblance of an off season or slower time, you know, but with well, this team... Like-
0: or there's one topic, you know. The, the, yeah. There's the the, the 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 Lamar Jackson hasn't signed a contract. What's going on sure. there? It, not that plus congressional investigations, right? Plus right. Twenty two other things, and the stadium with three jurisdictions and all that kind of fun stuff.
1: I, I feel like football is the smallest part of our beat anymore. It is. I mean, especially in the offseason, but like at times, it feels like it is. We're we cover congress and legislative sessions more than we do football right now so
0: yeah and and i'll be honest like i have to sort of catch myself sometimes when it comes to uh i try not to like make a big like try to like look for like the the big the the, some juicy story at all times that's not really what i'm trying to do but when it's all that's happening all the time it does you can get sort of caught up in the idea of okay what's the next big thing And and, and you see everything as sort of the, some headlining type thing. And that's not the goal, you know, Mm -hmm. never, it should be, but like, it's just when it's so relentless, it's it's just like you just, everything at some point becomes a bigger deal because it's, that's kind of how it is around here.
1: Right. Right. No, I mean, it's the ride nobody can get off, you know, especially if this Virginia legislative session gets delayed, nobody's getting off this ride. It's just going to keep going and going. It's been going for the better part of two decades let's be real especially with the the stadium talk I mean you and I have talked about this ad nauseum but it's you know it's the same storylines it it feels like very much the same story recycled from 5, 10, 12 years ago even you know when there was an initial push for a new stadium and You know, there was, you know, kind of the pipe dream of returning to the district. And then there was talk of, you know, creating pressure between the three jurisdictions and Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. And, you know, there was a Landover. There was a, a site in Loudoun County that had just come on the market and, you know, that was billed as probably the perfect place for them is right by Dallas. It was going to be right off the silver line. And then that fell through. I mean, it, it feels like the same storylines over and over. And, you know, I don't know that there's been any real change since, you know, 2020, 2012, maybe there's, there's been no real change. You know, they're still at FedEx with no clear path to a new site. And I just don't see them leaving by 2027, 20, they don't need to, but you know, all this talk about getting out by then. I just logistically, I'm how.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean people have heard me talk about this, and I agree that like this is where you and I uh share share a brain on this. I think it feels like everybody else is like, they gotta go here, they gotta go there, or this. And I'm like, eh. Why there's don't no understand?
1: urgency. And I think that was a misconception for so many years, is there's no lease. There is no lease. Dan Snyder owns a stadium, he owns the surrounding property. The only thing there is, is this covenant that requires them to stay until at least 2027. The date specifically is September 13th, 2027. They cannot leave FedEx before then, but they can stay after. They can stay as long as they want. You know, it's it, it's kind of this arbitrary deadline. So, I mean, I don't, they have not found the site. They have been talking about a site for a decade and they have yet to find one they acquired an option to purchase one i've never seen so much fanfare over an option to purchase they didn't even get the land they just have an option to buy the land and it's just like it's wild to me
0: absolutely well good i'm glad i'm glad you got that off your chest what we're going to talk yeah, more about that the, we're going to talk more about that in a podcast I had eric flack from wsa on uh as well so we'll we'll, we'll sort of veer off that we'll come back to the stadium a little bit here um I'm, i'm making nikki play a game with me here i don't even know what we're calling this but basically i did two things over this memorial day weekend more or less i watched i went to the theater for the first time in two years to see top gun maverick and i basically binge watched stranger things on hbo um
1: that's a hell of a Memorial Day weekend. I'll give you that. That is. That sounds great. I'm well, not gonna you know,
0: lie. It's when when you know when when, when you're uh, trying to avoid work and you know you didn't feel like going out much. These are the things was, that you do.
1: Was there a cookout in between the binge watch and the movie? Was there some good eating in between?
0: Good question. Um, I I well in, in between I did I hosted radio shows twice. Uh, so that was largely what I did. I did though make a point today. I. I I did work out at a restaurant sitting outside, but I ate a uh, cheeseburger.
1: Oh, that's super that is peak Americana right there. You you did it. That is Memorial Day.
0: Right, right. I, there I you go. Ate, yeah, and I in addition
1: that, to like paying tribute to all the servicemen and women that uh, which uh, should be at the top of the list, but also burgers.
0: Right. Yeah, the, the burger is more of the three-day weekend aspect, the, yeah. the respect part. Uh, I, I absolutely I did also witness on the street a uh, a woman yelling at a, somebody else who supposedly nicked her car while parallel parking and that was allowed that that interrupted my uh, transcribing because it was kind of loud
1: oh yeah also peak Americana <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely all right so of course this is classic I'm, I'm delaying what we're trying to do here because I got to get uh, my guest out here at a certain point so let's get to this so here's what we're doing I came up with questions inspired by both stranger things and top gun Maverick to discuss this team. No idea where this is going to go. We're going to see what happens and uh, we'll see if what score rotten tomatoes gives us later. Are you good with Fantastic. that?
1: Social experiment. Let's go.
0: Let's go. All right. Under the stranger things heading. In other words, which of these things would be stranger? We're not going to talk about demogorgons or anything like that. You don't even know what that means. All right. Stranger. What would be stranger? Carson Wentz. Producing at a level enough to stay beyond this season or Washington with Ron Rivera in charge, cutting him after one season, what would be stranger?
1: Um, Carson wants producing enough to stay beyond 2022. That one key reason, his contract, they have not changed his contract. So they have, it comes at no cost to them to cut ties with them after this season. If they really, and I've, I think I've said this on your podcast before, if I haven't, here we go. If they really viewed him as the long-term option, then they probably would have pushed money down the line because it would have given them more cap space now. And they wouldn't have an issue with having a cap charge for him in the future. But they seem to want to preserve that easy out for next year. So they can't be too confident in him being in the long-term option because that was clearly a priority in a year when they needed to make room. They made other sacrifices instead when they could have pushed money down the line. Um, so that to me is the primary reason I, I would not be surprised if um, you know, he's, I guess it's more the stranger. I guess, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut bait, even. Um, it would be a surprise if he produced enough, largely because of his injury history, also because of you well, know, look, the fact the lo- that he's he, he got dumped by the last two teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: That, that's why that one wouldn't be yeah. shocking because it's happened the last. Two years. All right. So your answer is it would be stranger if he basically stays past.
1: Right. If his, he, his, if he his, becomes more than a, you know, a, a one-year bridge. Yeah. So,
0: all right. I'm going to go look it, it pains me to do this.
1: Are, we gonna, just gonna, are you going to play contrarian? No, no. Uh, this has uh, been my
0: stated opinion. If you know, I know you're a loyal listener to the podcast. Uh, this has been my stated opinion here that I feel like everybody's kind of, I get your point is totally valid. It makes sense. I just look at it kind of like, the best thing that's they already in my view sort of botched the deal by giving up all they did we can call it panic or we can call it reality that they were running out of options they had to do something the best value of the deal is the fact that he doesn't have any money tied up and by, honestly let him prove it like if you not think giving him money um changes how much he's going to move the money back changes how much he's going to get but it does sort of make it seem like a little more likely he would potentially stay. I'm like, you know what? Not only do I not want to give up the, the best part of the deal, the, the, in other words, I could get out if I wanted to, but let him prove it. Also, if the key also for me was Rivera still being here, I just don't see, he would really have to screw the pooch for Rivera who still who told me and you and others, you may have questions. I don't, I, I just, he. I, I don't even know what it would have to happen. Cause you're really starting over at that point again. So that's why I would say it would be stranger for me if he's gone after one year.
1: Well, is that assuming that Rivera stays after one year?
0: Well, that's a whole other variable we didn't get into, but that's why I was like, assuming he stays. Cause you're right. If it's Rivera's gone, who knows? All bets are off at that point. A new coach could say, you know, when, when new head coach, uh, Jack Del Rio takes over, who knows, but I don't know what he thinks. Um, That's not a, that's not a report. I'm just joking. Um, Okay. All right. We're, We're off to a good start total disagreement great all right up next we'll go we'll stay with the offense although i didn't look up the stat i wanted to look we're just gonna have to guess a little bit here antonio gibson's production what would be stranger that it declines this year considering brian robinson is now on board and kind of what that means for the backfield or his number slash efficiency actually thrive because he's going to get less work and therefore maybe won't get beat up as much now mm. the 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 premise and again I apologize I didn't look up the stat I'll do it while we're talking but basically if you, he had kind of better numbers in terms of touchdowns and yards per carry as a rookie than he did last year when he had a lot more carries and then there's tons of variables of, court. of course there were the injuries different people at quarterback they played a much tougher schedule last year than they did the year before etc but I kind of don't view him as a workhorse back therefore <laughs> I kind of think if we're sort of talking the fantasy football numbers, I actually think he, it would be stranger to me if his production declined. My only caveat is if Brian Robinson, the goal line back that, I don't know, but I actually think he should be thriving in this role. So I'll say it would be a little surprising or stranger if his production declines.
1: Right. I think his, I think his touches will decline, but I think his efficiency will go up, but not necessarily because of Brian Robinson. I think it's going to be be because of Curtis Samuel. Um, I think Samuel, of course, like with Gibson, health pending. um, I think they plan to use him in the backfield quite a bit. Um, And that's, you know, as, as Ron Rivera and others have said, there's only one ball to go around. So that's going to eat into somebody's production. I still think J.D. McKissick is kind of undervalued. Um, you know, when Antonio Gibson was dealing with injuries, I, I thought J.D. McKissick really stepped up and proved he can be more than a third down back. But, but clearly the team um, views Ro- Brian Robinson as kind of that stronger back. He kind of fills that void as, you know, kind of that power back. Um I am curious to see if some of the physical changes that Antonio Gibson has supposedly made this offseason season and dropping a few pounds, if that makes a difference in both his health and efficiency. Um, but I think he's got everything set up for him to have better numbers. And by better numbers, I, I think more yards after contact per attempt, yards per carry. I mean, just more chunk plays. Um, Cause I think that's where he's, I think that's where he's most valuable is his ability to kind of bounce off tackles. And um, he, he's a receiver by trade, but I mean, he's just got this athleticism that is so rare that he can kind of switch to running back. And I, I, I think we just haven't fully seen that. Now the key for him obviously is not dropping the ball. And I think that's also where Brian Robinson benefits in and that it's going to create more pressure on him to really protect the ball because that's something that Brian Robinson did really, really well.
0: Um, yeah. No, I, so- I, I think he was miscast last year as being sort of the work, workhorse back. And I think they recognize that. And that's kind of why we were talking a lot about them getting another running back, not necessarily in the third round, but adding somebody. But I think it's a good thing. I think mean, Gibson being a guy, is a guy you want in space, not plowing up the middle as much. Then you factor in the injuries and the fumbles yeah. I I like, it's a weird to say he'll get less touches and yet this could be more, he could be more productive. Right. Again, this is not a fantasy football endorsement to draft him in the second round. I'm just I, I'm just saying, I, I, I think this is a good thing for him yeah. overall. I um, agree. All right. Um, well, This one's a little more straightforward. You don't have to overthink this one. Well, okay. however you want to do it. So what would be stranger? Terry McLaurin signs an extension or doesn't sign an extension?
1: doesn't sign an extension. I mean, I think a deal will ultimately get done. I'm just always miffed and it's not just this team. Every team does it, you know, it becomes this contentious thing where it becomes personal for the player. It becomes, you know, it feels like, and I don't know that this is the case for Rob Rogers and Ron Rivera, but it often feels like the team is just trying to win negotiations instead of keep the player they want and need ultimately. I've just never understood why the negotiations need to drag out to this point where this there's this level of discontent because the team always ends up overpaying anyway. You know, the next guy that signs is going to sign, it is going to set a new floor for negotiation. So you're going to end up paying the guy, and a franchise tag for a receiver this year is 20 million, 20 plus million. So he's going to get paid one way or the other. It's just silly to let it drag out. But I do think he it'll get done probably you know, I, it'll probably get done like Logan Thomas and Jonathan Allen right before the start of camp. Um, the weird thing to me, and sorry if I'm rambling, but the weird thing to me is like, you know, they, they have, um, Landon Collins cap space, which kicks in tomorrow, uh, or after tomorrow. Um, but they've said they've already, they already have money allocated for a new deal for Terry. So just get it done. You, if you're not going to pay Terry, who are you going to pay? So just get it done.
0: Um, wait, wait. And wait I've, I, I'm doing the thing in my head. Thirty days after September, April, June, and November. So the thirty, May has thirty-one days, right? Um. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's the, the Landon Collins thing is is this week? Oh yeah. When, I mean, after
1: I, Wednesday. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the McLaurin, like whatever happens, he's going to get paid the money this year yeah that we the same the difference with bc just to use as an example with Daron Payne is more like a john allen where they could do a new deal scrap the, the current fifth year deal and start a new immediately yeah which is maybe where maybe the money is more
1: I, see i would i'm sure tri- and maybe i'm not thinking about this correctly the agent knows better than i would certainly but you know if it, if it's total new money i would i would take the uh, Additional, if it's gonna be like a four-year deal, you got a four-year deal, you got that new money and give them a little more upfront this year and count it as whatever those four years are plus a little extra, you get to count the total value. Um, I've still never understood why players, I know it, it it's always like this competition. I wanted the most, you know, average annual value in the NFL is such BS. Like it's so dumb I can't believe like that is a measure for contracts like to me it would be money up, total guarantee money like I full guarantees like uh, I just don't get it like i I would want to make sure I get my money no matter what so i don't I-, I don't understand the whole like competing for total value when half of it is.
0: Fake money. Right. Sometimes like when because the original money it'll be like the, you know, the crazy number that we find out later it's not the real number. We overlook the guaranteed money is less than the crazy money, but it's insane money. Like the numbers for Terry McClure might be 50 to 60 million guaranteed. Just forget if you get paid another dime beyond that. Just the idea that you get paid that kind of money. And a lot of it comes right up front, depending on the sign, you know, what the bonus structure is and things like that. So, or not the bonus, but you know, how how it's the signing bonus is paid out, whatever. So um okay just to answer the question because you know i gotta i gotta play along too um i'll say it would be weirder if he doesn't sign um his agent is going hardcore by the way on twitter with all the various um tweeting about like retweeting he's he's even like retweeting like fans or quote tweeting fans saying pay terry McLaurin. he did something today chris carter said pay the guy and um
1: it just it just doesn't fit what terry is either you know that's what that's what i struggle with is like it's I mean, Terry is Terry is the most reasonable, closest thing to normal on any NFL team, as far as I'm concerned. You know, like, any absolutely should want what he's valued at. I, I feel like anybody, no matter what your job is, you want, you know, what your market rate is. NFL players, their market rate is inflated because they're entertainers and they're TV money and that's what it is, but... You know, Terry McLaurin has never come off as, like, flashy, gaudy. I, You know, I just want – you know, he has done literally everything you can for a team, but the way the negotiations have played out, you know, with, you know, the commentary on social media and then just dragging out just seems odd to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, the only one thing I wonder here is if somehow this thing goes awry, meaning they just can't get something done – is this a, uh, another sign of dan snyder's uh, cash flow conversation i don't know but obviously there is the funding rule and you gotta if you're putting certain monies up front guarantee you gotta have it locked mm-hmm. away in That's a so. locked yep. box. and that will be sort of the one question but that aside i'm assuming they get this done by the way i'm also with you when you're when they're when the coaches are saying that some guys last year didn't show up at least on the defense and that caused the, the delays you would think you would if, if if the goal is to pay the guy, if you're gonna pay him anyway, and then so he doesn't miss these practices you think are valuable, then why not just pay the guy to get it over with? Unless you really yeah. think by waiting you're gonna save oh,
1: especially whatever. when you're allocating so much money to a new quarterback, don't you want him to get work in with his top receiver?
0: Right, a hundred percent. Like to me, this is we're, we're gonna That's come stupid. back we're gonna we, I could not uh, could not agree more. Uh one more on the stranger things one a little silly. Your guy, Jack Del Rio, was tweeting the other day.
1: Oh boy. Well, he's been
0: tweeting several days. Always, yeah.
1: It's always a joy when Jack tweets.
0: Yeah, I think we both have him on notifications. And when that happens, yeah. when that comes up, we're like,
1: okay.
0: Well, so anyway, so he was tweeting a few things. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the tweets uh, was he, a, a fan, blamed him, Ron, Jason Wright, maybe even me, who knows, about the Duran Payne drama. And Del Rio, quote, tweeted it by saying, quote, bite D's." I'll let you, if you don't know out there, you know, If you're a kid, go ask, well, don't ask your parent because I don't want to get blamed. Anyway, then there's that. Then the other one was that I took note of. He congratulated new Wizards coach Wes Unsell Jr. on his job, on his new job. Ten months after, (laughs) after it happened, he, he responded to a tweet saying, which of these was just, this was, which of these was stranger, the Bite D's or the Wizards congratulations?
1: I am going to go with the wizard's congratulations because as I will show you here with said screen grab, um, he appears to be a big fan of the, um, you know, the D's. Um, I won't, you know, if it requires an explanation, it loses its impact. So I'm not going to explain it to the general public, Um, but he's used that reference before. and let me check on this. And it's usually, yes, it's usually at around, oh, the latest bite, these was only at 6.28 p.m. The previous one was around 11.07 p.m. Um, but you get where I'm going with that. But he has used these before on Twitter. Um, the previous reference was on April 20th. So it is weirder to me that he decided to cr- congratulate another coach 10 months after yeah that,
0: uh, that 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 one stood out to me just because obviously I pay attention to the wizards and I yeah. and I saw it and I was like <laughs> I was like, wait did the wizards just tweet something? like did Wes Unsell win an award? Yeah. I was as I'm looking, I'm like, oh my lord, um that that's what and by the way, on the time thing, you're suggesting that he the later in the day he gets tired and that's and somehow the, the tweets could be different when you're getting tired i I can yeah think. I just
1: feel like you know maybe he's on a D's track or something in sure. the evening, you know. and and it's interesting that they were nearly a month apart so mark your calendar for around like the week of june 20th or something who knows
0: right hey look you know what free country go nuts you want to you want to go you want you want to go nuts in whatever way you want on twitter have fun um all right let's go to the top gun portion of the game here uh in which we're not keeping score uh we mentioned terry mclaurin already in honor of top gun maverick or either or the original who is going to be Terry McLaurin's top wingman by season's end? Your options are Curtis Samuel, Logan by Thomas. By season's end. Right. So not not today, but like saying what 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 when it all transpires. Curtis yeah. Samuel, Logan Thomas, or someone from the field. Those would be I would argue the the top two candidates. Obviously the field includes first round pick Jahan Dodson, you got Cam Sims. I'm not including Antonio Gibson or McKissick, just focusing on the receivers and the tight ends. So, anybody from that group, who do you say is the yeah. top ring man?
1: Uh, Cam Sims. Wow.
0: So, Cam Sims is the number two guy.
1: Well, keywords. End of by the end of the season.
0: Oh, okay. So just to be yeah. clear, I'm not saying in week seventeen. I just mean over the total. Oh, oh,
1: okay. Over okay. the totality That's of the different. season. Yeah.
0: Right. Who will have been the most productive guy that will have been? Oh, I got you. you know, maybe, okay. maybe, like to oh, use the top okay. gun parlance. Maybe season. he sat out the mission to Bosnia, but over the course yeah. of other missions, he was he did really well.
1: Okay, but by week seventeen, Cam Sims will be the last man standing. Understood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um over the course of the season.
0: I mm. I'll go I'll I'll go this. I may absolutely kick myself for buying into this, but I I was I said today on the radio, and I may have said this the other day. I thought Curtis Samuels tone was See, a lot of lean in
1: that way. Yeah. yeah he,
0: he seemed like when we talked to him at the end of last year, didn't realize how down in the dump. I mean, we knew he sounded down in the dumps, but he sounded the opposite the other mm-hmm. day. And may look, it's May, it doesn't nothing's happened, but his injury last time didn't occur until later but i don't know he just seemed like a different guy He and forget whatever happened he he only has plays football for a short amount of time in life so you want to go do it or you don't so i imagine he's going to do everything he can to go play so i'll go curtis samuel especially with logan thomas coming off the acl we'll see where he when he gets back officially so i'll go samuel the field isn't that tempting to me uh because i don't know who else i would pick so i'll go samuel
1: all right if you're taking samuel because that's who i was leaning toward
0: well, you're allowed to agree with me that's the probably I mean I do I do
1: agree with you but I also I, I keep going back to the Carson Wentz and his tight ends thing
0: sure he likes, so he I could see yes, Logan having,
1: but I'm too I'm like I'm not going the AGG route just yet <laughs> maybe no I, I I still can't pick anybody other than Logan Thomas in that group Cole Turner might have a couple really good games, but I, I still think Logan, if he can say healthy, I still think he's he he could have a big year.
0: All right. Um, all right. So as as you're aware, the, the commanders have been kind of patient when it comes to adding players in the in this offseason. No. It's true, story. What? yeah. True story. What uh is Rivera wisely channeling his inner iceman by patiently waiting? To add another linebacker and or defensive depth or and also is he as as you'll learn in the movie is he going to become a, I mean, an admiral overseeing the, the u.s pacific fleet that's not a spoiler uh, or does he need to go Mach 10 with his hair on fire and get somebody in here already again especially if the coaches are going to say that not having guys around last year is problematic
1: i mean who though who, who should he be getting? Who is available out there that he, who, he should be going after? That's their biggest problem, I think. Is And that's no disrespect to Cole Holcomb. I think he showed a lot of progress last year. But you don't go from saying, you know, basically writing him off as a, a Mike candidate to saying, oh, yeah, we think he's going to be our Mike. Like, the, nothing has changed between January and May in terms of football production. To me that is let's start pumping them up because we don't have anybody else. So unless there is a huge surprise cut that they think they can bring in and make a staple in Del Rio's defense, which by the way is a very hard defense for linebackers. I remember to talking to a couple who played the Mike in his scheme and it is exceptionally
0: were those people perhaps in a playing in a mile high city or?
1: Um, they might have been. They yeah, and they might have also won a Super Bowl when they were not in Del Rio system. Okay. Sorry, I digress.
0: Um, well, and just to be and just to be clear, I mean, you, you, all your points are valid. Like, I don't every time I bring this up, I'll get somebody on Twitter saying, "Dude, they don't need." We're not talking about starters. I'm just talking about depth. Again, yeah. we're super. No, they absolutely- we're yeah. assuming Jamin Davis is going to play. At, the second linebacker basically plays every snap or close to right. it. Are we assuming Jamin Davis is there? We can hope, but I don't know. He, you know, we saw what happened last year. And what if, I don't know, somebody has a hangnail or breaks something. Yeah. The, the depth is, the, the, the two the two main players are David Mayo and Khalil Hudson, two guys right. who basically didn't play until COVID hit. And even then, didn't they play win. much. Yeah. So. Right.
1: I agree with you. I mean, the and the only intriguing name really is Joshua, Joe Joe Schobert. Like that's really the only intriguing name. Out, that's really the only name out there in terms of available guys right now. Unless you want to go to a thirty-plus year old guy just for depth, but you know, I I do think Jamin could have an impact on the outside. I mean, that's when we might actually see that speed and that instinctive ability because I I and this is where we're kind of seeing how it might've been a mistake to take him as high as he did is, you know, he's a freak athlete. I mean, you don't just make guys like this. He seems like a really good kid, but he had one year of experience at Kentucky. That is, that is a huge transition to leap from that to a starting Mike in the NFL in Jack Del Rio system, no less like that would be difficult for anybody. It's not like this kid is a total bust. That is huge transition. And maybe he isn't a Mike, maybe he develops into one later on, but I do believe he can contribute and become a really good outside backer. But until you have a rock solid guy in the middle, I mean, I think there's always going to be problems on that second level i mean that is their second literally their second line of defense and when the defensive line has issues like it did last season despite having four first round picks up front i mean think about how paramount that group becomes especially when you know you don't have that security on the back end with the secondary i mean that is it's just such a vital position in this system and generally in the nfl anymore you know with the way you know, offenses are, are attacking defenses that you need that solid, reliable guy. And it's become such a do it all position that it's become almost impossible to find that guy. I mean, you just don't find a ready-made Mike out of college. You know, there's only so many like Devin Bushes. And (laughs) I mean, it's, it's crazy.
0: No, I, 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 uh, For sure. It's not, I mean, I'm assuming Holcomb is the guy, and I imagine they want Jamie Davis to be the guy. And maybe the part of their thinking is they don't want to bring an event just so Jamie Davis does. It's clear. He's the guy. Then nobody has, nobody anywhere has to consider somebody else, but you know, again, and by the way, could they add another cornerback? Because right now you have massive inexperience behind the two starters. Um, I like Danny Johnson, but are we saying definitively he's the fourth guy? That's where we're at right now. Uh, defensive lines, a little bit different, but again, I, are you adding another guy in there or not? That, that's all I'm saying is just, mm-hmm. again, I keep going back to their words. They're all the ones who said it was a big deal that these guys missed time last year. So what are we waiting on here? But it's a buyer's market. They're clearly from what I gather, just offering guys sort of the veteran salary benefit and nobody's biting because they don't want it. So I get it, but yeah. just saying, don't, don't tell me later that it's a big deal. that guy's missing OTAs. If you're not making a big a, a move, But hopefully right. somebody is all I would say. Um, you need to go, right?
1: Um, I got a couple minutes and right. then, yes.
0: Okay. Well, I have two other questions here. I didn't get to is but you know, you, you know, you haven't been on here for a minute. You might have a, a hot, uh, you might have a take hot or cold in your chamber. Anything you need to get off your chest or you want me to go back to the list?
1: Hmm. Hold on i'm going through the whole roster in my head right now
2: sure
0: take take your time we're just doing a podcast i mean
1: i kind of i kind of bust out my hot take at the very beginning with the whole stadium thing i'm just kind of blown away by the you know just kind of all feels like smoke smoke and mirrors to this well, point I'll,
0: I'll give you well, look we can we can tie that in here and lead into the the, the next guest as well what back to the stranger things they deal what would be stranger that the Virginia legislature passes a stadium funding bill this week at roughly the current level of three hundred fifty million, or delays the vote altogether? And as I mentioned at the top, I did have a state senator who said he sort of imagines that it will be delayed. Now I don't know, uh, you know, I have no idea. I'm not a, I, I haven't watched the West Wing equivalent of the for the Virginia State Senate, so I don't know if this guy knows what he's talking about. If he's running the show or he's just a guy. But which of those two things do you think would be stranger at this point?
1: I mean, I think it would be stranger if they passed it at 350, because last I heard it was going to be around less than 300 million. Um, this is according to our trusted. Yeah. So that would be strange. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I still think it ultimately gets delayed. I think there's just too much uncertainty. Um you know, I, I, and here's my issue with all of this. And for all those people who like to say there's no politics in sports here is legitimate proof that there's politics all over sports everywhere. But, um, you know, I think so much of what is going on with the commanders right now, be it, you know, the, the investigation by the oversight committee into their workplace culture in the NFL's handling of the investigation, um, of the, potential for the federal trade commission um, to look into it of everything else involving um, local legislators, uh, Congress, whatever. I think it revolves so much around midterm elections that it's not even about the issues at heart. It's, it's become more of a, you know, part of platforms for, folks to with with so many votes coming up it's just you know it's that's where I that's where I have trouble with a lot of this and that's where I come back to the whole smoke and mirrors thing is you know even with the stadium like how much of this is just lobbying for midterm elections how much of this is trying to get this done before the elections how much of oversight committee is being swayed one way or the other because of impending elections and it's just you can't really pinpoint it on one or the other, but it surely it influences it. And that's, so I keep coming back to, you know, how much of this is real versus how much of this is trying to get ahead of elections and kind of establish things. And then just hoping it carries over to, you know, the next session.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, I rambled
1: my way through that, but you get my point.
0: Ultimately without getting overly political, this is not a matter of either side, One way to avoid most of the issues I think that we have in all branches of government is term limits. Because if you have term limits, then people can vote their conscience far easier than worrying about keeping power. And even if you look at this Virginia legislature situation, when they initially voted 32 to 8 towards putting up a billion dollars to the stadium bill, it came like roughly 10 days after the congressional roundtable where Tiffany Johnston came out making allegations of harassment against Dan Snyder. That didn't sway anybody to vote. Uh, didn't sway thirty-two of the forty to vote for it. Subsequently, the came the invest came to note that they uh, their potential financial improprieties. Mm-hmm. And once you put that initial vote out there, you had a chance to talk to your constituents. And from what I gather, and talking to McPike and talking to some others in other jurisdictions, they seem to be saying that constituents are cool by uh, by not helping this out whether that's solely because they don't like dan Snyder or just they don't want to give money for such a project this is all this is all about keeping power people in power don't give money in it power it's, it's everything it's, always
1: comes back to money power that's where wu-tang got it right cash rules everything around me there you go
0: it does uh, I'm,
1: uh, that's that's it
0: a hundred percent. This is why you've got a palatial estate up near, uh, you know, the, the team headquarters, because, you know, you've got the cash and you're, you know, you're not you're not giving up your status Dream. and your power. I get it. Mm-hmm. it makes sense.
1: Uh, <laughs> they knew all along cash rules, everything
0: around. It is. Uh, it is not. It's not wrong. Um, okay. Uh, fantastic return. Great job at Nikki Javala on Twitter. Go read her in the Washington Post. And uh you know, just be nice if you're bothering on Twitter. It's my only basic rule if you're going to follow somebody on Twitter. Like you know,
1: it straightforward. Why can't we be friends? I won't sing on your podcast next time unless you want me to. Oh
0: no, keep I will. Going. I will, will
1: rap maybe.
0: Oh really? I do a mean Cardi B. Go, I'd love to hear it, Duff. Go for it.
1: I can't. I charge for that kind of thing. How much? Might not be able to afford it.
0: I throw out a number right now. Let's.
1: Oh, uh, you are New York Times now. Oh, came on!
0: Right. What do you got?
1: all invoice. I'll send you an invoice.
0: All right, deal. We'll, we'll work on that. uh Nikki, always appreciate it. uh We will see what happens with all these silly predictions we just made. i um, appreciate it. Of
1: course. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, joining me here as promised, he's going to give us some insight into the uh, upcoming. Vote in the Virginia State Senate for this funding bill regarding the commander's potential new stadium. He has been on this topic for some time now. He is Eric Flack with WUSA. He's the guy in charge of keeping Darren Haynes and Charlotte McBride uh, in line. Uh, Eric, thanks for the time. How are you?
2: I'm doing good. But as far as keeping Darren and Charlotte in line, that's impossible. So let's not <laughs> lie to your listeners.
0: Well, Charlotte's easy. Darren, I feel is the one where you got to spend more time
2: they both are extra
0: (laughs) yeah i I hear that um well look i really appreciate the time um this isn't it's this is an obvious reason why we're having this conversation because this vote in virginia this coming wednesday um potentially is a big domino to determine kind of what not only is what the state of virginia potentially willing to do but then where this kind of leaves maryland dc and maybe gets us a step closer a big step closer perhaps to what happens with this stadium, on the other hand, nothing could, could be, the result could also be kind of a nothing to a degree and get us nowhere. Um, I, I wanted to start not so much here. We'll get to this specific, but just to go back to the beginning because I feel like whatever the result for Virginia is going to be, I think it needs to be important of where we started. And I'm not saying going back 20 years or 10 years or five years, but just even months ago, I have always viewed this as this as in this way. D.C. is the favorite because D.C. is where everybody wants it to be. Maryland is where it already exists, meaning Virginia has always been needing to be the aggressor coming from behind. Now, I know that D.C. has much more hurdles, and maybe at this point it's not even a factor. But my point is, I guess, that Virginia, to me, has always had to be, be more showy than the other two. The other two can kind of play, keep their cards close to the vest, be more conservative, be like, eh, we'll see. Virginia's like, no, 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 we're, we're interested are interested. And yet we've now gone from like a billion dollars supposedly a few months ago to now the proposal is around 350 million. And now people are saying it may even come under that. So I guess like, do you, did you see it in that way as well? The Virginia needed to be the aggressor initially? And if so, what does that kind of say about where we are now?
2: So Virginia has wanted professional sports for a long time beyond a minor league team or, um, And is there an MLS team in Virginia? I don't even know. No. Um, Starting uh, with the Washington Nationals, they made a hard push to get Matt's Park in Virginia. That's what the Virginia Baseball Authority was. They wanted the Nationals to be the Virginia Nationals, right? Um, There was a, a group that was created to bring the Nationals to Virginia, Um, called the Virginia Baseball Authority. And when, and it was unsuccessful, but it was formed, it was a real thing. And when Governor Youngkin was elected, one of his big ideas was, let's bring professional sports to a state that truly, truly deserves it, has the money to support it, has the sports interest to uh, get behind it, and that doesn't have it. And so he proposed chain, expanding the baseball authority into covering football as well, and being a baseball and football authority. As part of that idea, Dick Sazlaw, who is the state senator from Fairfax, championed a bill that also has a bill in the House, there's two sides of the Virginia legislature, Senate and House, championed a plan to bring the Washington Commander's new stadium to Virginia. Governor Youngkin was behind it, a Republican, Dick Saslaw, a Democrat, the leader of the Democratic Party was the one bringing forward the bill. In January of this year, a $1 billion plan to use future taxpayer dollars based on the revenues this new stadium would generate had bipartisan support in the Virginia legislature meaning it had passed out of each committee overwhelmingly and passed each body overwhelmingly with bipartisan support. Wasn't even close. At that point, the process is the two bills on the two sides come together and they got a merge them into one bill before the entire kit and caboodle there the Virginia legislature all votes together and makes it law and then Governor Yunkin, signs it. In the meantime, Daniel Snyder ended up getting investigated by Congress, then by the NFL for sexual harassment, now for financial improprieties by the FTC. And a guy who already didn't have a great reputation and an organization that already didn't have a great track record in recent years somehow found a way to go even deeper into a hole. The last time there was any public polling done on this in Virginia was 2016, at which point less than half of Virginians said they even wanted a Commander stadium. This was when the the football team, then known as the Redskins, didn't even have the problems it had then. At that point, the Chamber of Commerce pulled Virginia and said less than half of the state wants a football stadium and less than 30% want any taxpayer dollars at all to pay for a football stadium. Fast forward to January 2022, when they passed this bill, all of us reporters get on it, start covering it nonstop. All these lawmakers go back to their little districts. And start talking to their supporters. And from what a number of state senators, at least, are saying, the people didn't want it. The people didn't want it, and Dan Snyder's reputation and the organization's reputation got even worse. So they cut the bill from a billion dollars to $350 million. Now, my sources are telling me the final number that will end up getting voted on. On Wednesday, during a special session to actually deal with the budget, is under 300, closer to 200 million dollars, 290 million dollars. Point being, you know, some state senators say it's the economics; the team is not viable anymore. But it's hard to imagine that all the smoke around the fire has not really hurt the chances of this plan passing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I heard one of the state senators talk, or maybe it was in the statement. Of, was it was at the chap Peterson.
2: Chap Peterson represents Fairfax County and was a Washington Redskins season ticket holder for 22 years.
0: Right. So I heard him talk about the, the potential lack of viability. You know, I don't know. I mean, like it's like, you know how, like right now the stock market's not been doing too great these days, but, and if you said, based on that, I don't know about the viability of it in five years. I feel confident that based on history, the stock market's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. Same thing with an NFL franchise. I, I get it. This is about as it, every time we think it's as low as it can go. There's another investigation or something else. So I get, it's not a great thing. And fans are not flocking to the games, which if you're going to, that's important for if we. I think we saw during the, 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 the COVID year of 2020, owners will still make tons of money if no fans show up, but that's bad news for the community. You need the foot traffic and all that so i get that but like the idea that the viability is the issue i find that to be a, a bit a stretch but the dan snyder part of it is the huge deal and like i mean i get that nobody can just flat out say that for a variety of reasons but you're right that that has to be why this thing is going backwards they didn't just start you know that this past season was not like so negative that all of a sudden things change it's the other stuff
2: Yeah, I mean, fan attendance was the same last year pretty much as it was the year before, as it was the year before. I mean, in January 2022, when they came up with this idea, the the economics of the team were not really a whole lot different than the economics of the team were 12 months earlier. What Chad Peterson will tell you with a straight face is that he honestly believes things could get so bad that whether Snyder sells the team or is forced to sell the team, Somebody could pick up and move the team to San Antonio. He threw out Birmingham. And his his point is, then we have a huge 60,000-person stadium without a tenant. And that's a real problem. Now, would that ever happen? That seems far-fetched to me as well. But his point is... And he is now being joined by other legislators who have flipped their vote from yes to no in the last five months that they worry that if we're going to give ta- you just don't give taxpayer dollars to a poorly run business. That doesn't make good business. Sure, It's hard to argue with that logic.
0: No, that, that that's totally a reasonable point. I, I totally agree. Um... I totally get that. So um, let's just, we're, we're talking on Friday. This is probably going to run on Sunday night, Monday. So I don't know how much the world will shift over the next few hours or next couple of days. Obviously it's a holiday weekend and things like that, but I'm sure people are contemplating, the, the voters are contemplating what to do. Uh, what was I going to ask you? I just lost my train of thought. Um, I guess basically- talk about the
2: vote? Do you, do you want to talk about like- Oh, to
0: well, let's say this. So obviously, it feels like there's momentum going against the vote, but we'll see. It's only a few people that have come out publicly and said that they that they're flipping their vote. So we'll see. But let's just say it passes. But well, let's say it passes somewhere in the range of what you are saying, closer to 290, or even if it's 350. What does that even really mean? I get it. It means that the, the in Virginia's case, this is the money that goes to the team to build a stadium. So effectively, you're giving Dan Snyder the money. Where Maryland is saying, we'll give you $400 million, but we're not giving it to you. We're actually just going to use it to build around the stadium, which is, you know, you're talking about your mini city. The team's talking about these mini cities, so sort of in, in, in rate right there. So there's a difference there. But the stadium, what is it, $2 billion to, to, to
2: build something on these lines? Two to three, depending on when you're throwing in land, if you have to buy and, and all that sort of stuff. Right, so like $290 million, $350
0: million. I understand that's not the whole thing. The principal, uh, one of the the county could throw in more, the NFL could throw in some more, but still there is a long way to go. So the fact that we're even at these numbers, are these numbers, whether you're talking about Virginia or Maryland and we'll just leave DC out, does that even do anything for anybody to actually get the stadium?
2: Here's what the 300, let's say 300 million. Here's what the 300 million if passed might do. It might be an olive branch, from the state of Virginia to say, hey, we believe in you, Dan Snyder and Washington Commanders, because right now nobody else does. Governor Hogan over in Maryland gets up in front of every microphone he can and says, we're not going to give any public money to Dan Snyder. We're going to build up the area around FedEx for a FedEx 2.0,
1: and we're going to do that whether you or not
2: you build a stadium here or not. And you should because we're going to make this Prince George's County Blue Line Corridor, that's what they're calling it along the Blue Line Metro, we're going to make this land, this, this community, just fantastic, top notch. And you will benefit from putting your new stadium right in the middle of our 400-some-odd million developed investment around your stadium. This investment is going to help you. But we're not going to give you a dime, Dan Snyder. D.C. already said they weren't going to give him a dime and they can't even give him the land. So that becomes a a non-issue as well. At least he might save some face if Virginia gives him any amount of money at all. At least he can say, hey, this is a partnership. These are two entities coming together. You are investing in me, in my organization, in my football team, in my stadium. Maryland has made it clear that they are absolutely not investing in his team. They want him to come build, but they have said it, we're building with or without you. That is not somebody who is investing in the team. That is somebody who's trying to spruce up their yard. So if you want to set up a lemonade stand, knock yourself out. Um, so I think there could be a, 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 almost a, a, a mental, sort of boost to a, a legislative body saying, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll chip in, we'll chip in Dan Snyder. Um, but now the question is, will they?
0: The, is there any sense of what the, the Prince, Williams, Prince William County would potentially chip in? Is it something equivalent or comparable to the, the, the 300 million range that we were just discussing?
2: I don't have a sense. I really, really don't. Um, what I know is that Prince William County, and I grew up here, um, you know, through the glory days of the, you know, early eighties, um, and early nineties, um, I didn't even know where Prince William County was then. Um, but
0: yeah, I mean, I grew up in Montgomery County. That was, if they didn't mention on the traffic report, I, I don't know where it is,
2: you know, but (laughs) But today, Prince William County sees itself much differently. Sure. And they are believing in the investment that they can make in Prince William County to make it a Loudoun County, a Fairfax County. Let's spread that Northern Virginia wealth right down I 95. So, You know, I I I think they could, but I haven't heard a dollar figure. I don't know a dollar figure, but I don't think it's unrealistic for Prince William County to say, "Hey, we will also kick in," because this is good for us.
0: Um. So I guess like, and that's the thing, right? So we keep talking about the four hundred million on the Maryland side, and I just want to talk on about Maryland, DC for quick sec. So the four hundred million on the Maryland side, again, not a dime for the stadium, but for the uh, uh. things around it to build up the restaurants or stores or what have you uh there is also pg county and pg county could decide at some point you also kick in some some money so uh, i mean i i keep coming back to i'm not the owner i don't know the whole deal it just seems to me i keep going by this when there's a monday night football game and you want the picture of the capitol you can either put the camera on top of FedEx Field. I understand FedEx Field's got issues and the, the, the site itself is not great, but you can put the camera on it, face it towards the Capitol and see it. <laughs> you can't do that in Woodbridge. And I know that's overly simplistic, but ultimately I feel like that is the deal. Do you want the stadium closer to the city or not? All this other stuff, I get there's big business and all that, but like ultimately it seems like it's, it sort of comes to that. And I think that if, I, if I'm the NFL, that's what I want. Even if you don't view maybe like a 60,000 seat stadium even if it's a dome maybe it's not a Super Bowl stadium but whatever you want that there you don't want it in the other place i see people comparing like San Francisco stadium is not near San Francisco but it's near San Jose which is a hugely populous city this is not the same deal so what do you what do you make of the i guess the other two situations like if virginia does whatever they do how do you see maryland and dc possibly what, what their situation is and i get dc is a lot more complicated because of the federal government.
2: Let's start with DC because I've had conversations in recent days with people associated with the team. My impression is they are crystal clear that DC is the best option is the fans option would solve a lot of their PR problems. Listen, Dan Snyder years ago, like in 2019 was personally, when Trump was in office, was personally lobbying Congress to try and get this done. uh, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., is now in favor of of a stadium, but, you know, they can't get land control from the federal government, and it's a cumbersome process, but it also the the D.C. Council doesn't favor it either. There's a ton of opposition on the D.C. Council that says we're not going to waste that land on a football team. Um, Maryland is straddling the fence. Maryland wants the stadium because they know it's good for business and right now as you try to uplift a community, the last thing you want to do is lose an anchor tenant and say what you will about FedEx Field. I mean, they are an anchor tenant in Landover. Right. Um, PG County and County Executive Angela also Brooks has also pledged not to give any taxpayer money to Dan Snyder. So the idea that PG could kick in some money for a stadium itself, I don't see any indications that they've said that. Now, things can change, especially if it gets down to press tax and somebody says, hey, you're 200 million bucks away from getting us to build the stadium. I mean, if we really start negotiating behind closed doors and we start saying here is a reasonable dollar figure, but if you don't meet this, we're moving to Virginia. That's that's a whole different conversation. But right now, you know, last week, county executive Angela also rooks in Prince George's County told me we are not going to be held hostage by the commanders. We're moved on. And they can come with us if so they don't have to. And I believe them when they say that. So I think in the end, especially if if they And I think you're right when you talk about 300 million. I mean, is that, I know Dan Snyder doesn't have as much money as he used to, but is 300 million in the context of a two or three billion project, billion dollar project really going to move the needle? Maybe. But in the end, I think it's going to come down to wherever Dan Snyder and those around him on the business side decide it makes the most business sense to have the stadium. And all this is just trying to get any money he can to help offset his total costs
0: right and and the sense i've had in 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 the conversation that i have had with people on some of this stuff is um when governor hogan came out and said that uh, basically you know virginia wants to go nuts good luck to them or whatever that the constituents in maryland weren't going like no what are you doing they were like
2: yeah cool (laughs) well yeah exactly i mean you know we we've done some reporting on just the the erosion of the commander's fan base and not only has did it drop to an all-time low last year based on some Nielsen Scarborough data which is the people who do the television ratings but they also do market research that you know it went from 51% back in 2002 which was not their glory years they were better years and it's down to 29% of adults of the Washington, D.C. total area, Maryland, Virginia, our, our entire market, who now considers themselves Commander's fans. There are more Commander's fans, based according to Nielsen Scarborough, in Virginia than there are in Maryland. 1.6 million identify as Commander's fans in Virginia. 1.1 million identify as Commander's fans in, in Maryland. And then in Maryland, you've got to compete with the Ravens. In, in, in Virginia, you don't have to compete with anybody until you get to you know the north carolina south carolina border and the carolina panthers
0: yeah no for for sure i was uh, joking with somebody earlier you know they always have those uh maps of the country and they show like what nfl player is the most popular in each state or what jersey is the most one and i think it was last year like one of these things said that in virginia lamar jackson was the answer for both which is like well wait a minute we're already conceding uh parts of the dc area to to the ravens because the commanders are so popular now we're saying even in virginia it's taken over so i don't i don't know sorry put a lot of stock into those types of things but regardless um it's interesting um here's my sort of final wonder this has been my stance this whole time this isn't based on reporting this is just based on intuition or or instinct or logic or whatever Dan Snyder is in a very tough spot right now. He's going to massive headwinds this whole time. He's been unpopular, and as you, we stated stated, it's only gotten progressively worse. There's also right now a bad economic w- w- country we're in right now. In technical inflation, whatever. Like we we all see the gas prices. We all see the consumer prices are going up. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's not that easy to get a bank loan. Or everything's going to be more expensive, no matter what it is, and. You also have elections happening. The DC mayor's election is going on. The governor of Maryland is going on. The Congress is going on. And Congress, if if the projections are saying it's going to be a flip of a house, all of a sudden Republicans could be in charge and making some of these calls. And I say all this to say that this whole notion that they have to get something done to get out by 2027 to me is an artificial deadline that people just, it, it comes down to pride basically because we've kept talking about this feel people act like he has to get it done by then. He does not. He can absolutely go to Maryland and say, let's just hang out here for a bit and wait it out. Cause I don't get what the rush is. None of these offers seem good. What's it? What what, is somebody, even if they pull back the, I'm not saying, I'm not dismissing $300 million, but like what in, in a a two to $3 billion project, it's not that much money. So why I don't get why they don't just wait. I mean, maybe they will, Is it literally just pride? They want to get this going. Why not wait and see where you are in a year or two when some of these things, maybe the elections work to your benefit, or maybe the economy gets better or whatever.
2: I mean, I'll push back on that a little bit then. I mean, I guess that you could extend the lease at FedEx. One of the worst fan experiences in the nfl i mean talk yeah. about extending your like lease on a on a on a tenement um
0: it's not a great place i'm trust me i'm with you on that
2: dan snyder also i think we can agree as a pretty big ego i've never met dan snyder but i know billionaires i know what their makeup is i know that they're never wrong I know that I've been told Dan Snyder surrounds himself with a lot of people who tell him he's the smartest guy in the room. I don't see the team taking that sort of egg on their face. Sure. To say, you know what? Never mind. We're good. Maybe 2030. We're gonna keep plugging away on this. There are so many you know, like diagrams and, and schematics and designs and they, bought, they they didn't buy land, but they put purchase options down on land and apparently they tried to buy land in Loudon County. And what a disaster and what an embarrassment if they can't figure out some solution.
0: Oh, I totally agree. That's why I was saying to me, this is about pride. If you can kick pride aside, it seems like waiting Makes the. I mean, look, if Virginia comes in with a strong offer then or, Mar- or something, you know, Maryland changes their tune, that's different. But if all the offers are basically what they are,
2: they well, could when just is get it getting worse. When it, 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 won't it, are you saying you're going to wait a year and then all of a sudden Virginia is going to be ready to give them a billion again?
0: I'm Do saying, I, I'm saying, what if they, I mean, I'm just saying, what if Carson Wentz is good and they win 11 games? And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden people are like, well, actually this team is actually kind of fun. And I mean, I get, don't, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting they're turning around. I'm just saying it's not inconceivable. What if the what if the Republicans take over Congress or and or the Senate, and now they when when you have the conversation about what to do, they say, hey, you know what? Because because this has turned into a partisan topic, they say, you know what? We're down with that. I'm pretty sure Mayor Bowser is for it. So the question would be, like, I'm just saying, there's there are variables in the air, so it does come down to pride, which I agree with you. I don't think the pride is going to be eliminated. Thus, it's not going to happen. Just saying, to me, I would wait.
2: I like the winning argument because winning does cure all. And it's a lot easier to sell a stadium taxpayer-funded plan for a team that went to the divisional championship than, or you know, dare we dream, a Super Bowl and we're the darlings, we're the one team, you know, there's always one NFL team that seems to turn it around out of nowhere. And I can see that argument. But by the time you know the answer to that question, the clock has already run out. Meaning if we're waiting to 2023 to kick up another Virginia legislature where we're gonna try to pass another bill and risk having another one defeated, and now all of a sudden you're four years from the stadium, and oh, by the way, is Maryland really going to help you out with extending your lease when they know you're going to Virginia, or you're waiting around for the Virginia to sweeten up their offer, or you're waiting around for D.C. to somehow miraculously be a path? And then you've got to say, was well, Maryland really going to want to help them out? They don't even like—they really, don't even like Dan Snyder. they have said it at least the leaders do. Sure. So, so I mean, I get where you're coming from. And
0: by the way, there is also a new governor. There's a governor race in Virginia now. I, I don't know the sense of the. I think what I heard like R- Rashawn Baker, I think, is in line with the um, the, the, the the current uh, proposal, but I don't know, uh, the 400 million type deal. But I don't know about the other ones. So yeah. whatever. We don't have to go down this road. All I'm saying is that there are so many other variables. That's all I'm saying. Like to me, my uneducated sitting in the corner, only reading this from the outside view is wait. But again, as I said, it's all about the pride aspect and I'm with you. I don't know if I see the billionaire changing his tune on that one.
2: And you almost have to work out the deal with Maryland first, right? You almost have to say, Hey, can we extend to 2029? And then Do they ask for stipulations? Well, why? So, are you going to build here? I mean, I would think extending that lease there would come with some stipulations that you were going to build there long term.
0: I mean, I'm assuming that FedEx Field would be better used occupied than not. And obviously, if they leave, then you know nothing's happening, right? They just tear it down.
2: And that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, they got a real problem with that. That's that's a different conversation. But you're right. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah. All right. So, just lastly, I'll, I'll do the radio bit and say with thirty seconds left. But obviously, we're on a podcast. A <laughs> um, but just like lastly, what do you think happens with with the Virginia bill? And then, what do you ultimately think happens? Like, where does the stadium go?
2: I think Virginia bill does not pass. I think they build in Virginia anyway. People are starting to tell me I'm crazy for saying that. I just, I, I, I just tell you as an investigative reporter, it's what I do. I learned early on to trust your eyes, and my eyes tell me that Dan Snyder moved to Virginia and bought an estate in Virginia. They have been focused on Virginia this entire time. They have kept Maryland in the conversation to try and get as good a deal as they can out of Virginia. I understand they own land in Landover and they would have to buy land in Virginia and that drives up the cost even more. But I think the team wants a reset. I think they know they need a reset. I think a reset only happens in earnest. If you are resetting everything, including the location of the stadium. And I think they want to take the etch-a-sketch, shake it up, have a completely blank slate and start over in Virginia.
0: Whether I agree with that rationale from a, from a fan or, you know, person from this area perspective, it does make sense. You're right. If you're going to just start over, then start over. I, I buy that. Uh, at Eric Flack TV on Twitter. Eric, you've been doing a really good job on all this. You helped uh, me get smarter, which is not easy. So I really appreciate the time, man. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Good, good luck covering uh, covering it this week.
1: Hey, thanks for
2: having me, Ben. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Many thanks to everybody for checking out the podcast. Thanks to Nikki Jabala and Eric Flack for their time. Go check their work out. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens this week for sure at, at the uh, old Ashburn facility. Um, you know, hopefully everybody can kind of, you know, I, if you've gotten as far in the podcast, you're a diehard fan. And I appreciate that. Just take it easy with every update that comes out the good and the bad, uh, just because somebody is making some plays doesn't mean they'll even make the team or be in the rotation. And just because somebody seems to be struggling based on what we're all reporting doesn't mean it the hope, the hope is lost. Just means this is what's happening at that moment in time we move forward okay but that's it for now ben standing signing off until next time see ya